So you've made a large investment in ServiceNow, but how do you unlock the true potential of the platform to transform your business and extract the maximum value out of the investment? One of the biggest challenges organizations face is scaling ServiceNow and expanding the use cases across the organization. This takes forethought on your ServiceNow governance model, a critical component of value realization for ServiceNow, but commonly misunderstood. So welcome everybody to the Fine Flow podcast. I'm your host, Sean McDermott. And today we're going to be talking about all things governance in the ServiceNow world. My guest today is Jonathan Alboom, the federal CTO and principal digital strategist at ServiceNow. You know, Jonathan's been at ServiceNow for over three years uh, with a 27 year career in IT. He's been all over the place. But most interesting, I think, for this conversation is that he's been in CIO positions for at the USDA and the GSA which are very large federal agencies. Uh, so he's been on the buyer side of the table, setting strategy um, for these huge government agencies. So Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sean, it's great to be here. Awesome. So we've talked in the past. So uh, we, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago, we had lunch and uh, I just found this topic intriguing that I thought everybody in our audience would love to hear about this. So we're gonna be talking about governance, right? And we took. Um, and I think this is such a critical concept for driving value investments across all of IT, not just ServiceNow. And we've seen this with large platform projects, whether it be SAP and things like that. And they spend, you know, companies invest a ton of money in this stuff. But, you know, today we're going to, since you're with ServiceNow, today we're going to focus on ServiceNow. So let's start with the basics. In your opinion, what is governance and why is it so important? So, you know, it's a, it's a great way to start. Um, you know, so many people hear governance and they think it's a dirty word, you know, because a lot of times it's implemented in a, a really bureaucratic way. And that, you know, creates a uh, disincentive oftentimes to, to follow processes and these rules and, uh, to t for people who are doing work to tell those who run governance what they're doing. They're worried that governance is going to stop them. They're worried that it's too complicated. It's going to slow them down. So, you know, it's a uh, governance, you know, um, you know, kind of at its core is a set of uh, policies and it's processes that, you know, organizations are going to use to really define how decisions are made, whether it's around ServiceNow or other technologies. And that combination, you know, of, of policies and processes, you know, that drives decisions, you know, the goal is to not just make good decisions, but to make decisions that result in things going fast, to make decisions that are ultimately setting up a framework and a foundation for growth to scale, just like you said, you said in the beginning. I think that the scaling piece is where the lack of governance really makes itself very visible. You know, um, it's easy to get started with ServiceNow, like any technology. You can buy ServiceNow, you can implement IT service management, and it's great. But ServiceNow is this is a tremendous uh, platform, and it can do all kinds of great things in an organization. You know, people see it and they want to use it, whether it's in HR or in a, or in a program area, uh, facilities, whatever. And if you don't have a... a, a process in place for fielding new requirements, if you don't have some governance in place around the platform, uh, these requests for service now from across the agency are going to either go into a black hole 
or they're going to be done in a, in a way that um, causes conflicts with other work that's going on or things that have already been built. And, you know, the, the result is going to be frustration. It's not going to feel like ServiceNow is the great platform that it is. But it's not because of the technology, because of how we're inter- choosing to interact with it and how we're, how we're trying to uh, scale and how we're trying to implement these various uh, kinds of capabilities. And it's really about the people in the process more than the technology, which, you know, you said I've been in, in this field for, for uh, a long time. Uh, every time I've encountered a challenging project, uh, it's, it's typically not the technology at the, that's the core problem. It's how we're using it, what are the requirements, what is the governance. So I'm so happy we're talking about this, this topic because it makes a big difference in terms of uh, customer satisfaction and the value that they get out of ServiceNow. Yeah, I I think this is such a really important conversation because we, like, you know, as you said, as I said earlier, I mean, it really, the software is going to do what it's going to do. And there's these platforms and, and software in general is ever expanding. Right. I mean, when you buy, I mean, for example, we, we run an HR system inside of our company and, you know, every quarter they're releasing new stuff. Right. And, and every once in a while they release kind of a whole new module. And if we don't sit back and think about it and say, okay, is there other things that are going inside of our organization that we can leverage now a single platform? One, we're making our environment much more complicated. We're leaving money on the table. And we're looking at these investments and saying, eh, okay, it's okay. You know, it's okay. You know, I mean, uh, we pay money for it. We're getting some value out of it. But, but there's so much more that these things can do that um, would be like, man, if we could shut that down and do that function inside of this platform, we would double our value of this. And, and it's not a technology discussion. It's really a management organization process uh, but you have to be able to, and we're going to talk about all this in a second, so I'm not going to spoil the fun here. But uh, I think this is such an important thing because projects fail not really on the the technology. They fail on the adoption. And you're absolutely right. With ServiceNow, you can get ServiceNow up and running pretty quickly in a very limited use case, right? But as you start expanding, you kind of have to start all over again. And one of the things that I've noticed in my career is that the the idea of understanding governance from the very beginning and the vision of what you're trying to do looking out over the next you know three five however many years is so important because so many times technology is bought that has the capacity to do so much but it's bought with a very limited use case and when that use case has been solved for that initial buy you then have to go out and start selling to all these other stakeholders and they may be like hey you know you guys did this thing on your own we got our own tools and systems right so if you're not thinking far ahead you can find yourself with an expensive implementation solving a couple use cases and not yeah it's a really good point uh sean and i think you know just adding on to that if you're buying a technology, you're not really understanding its uh, full capability can fall into that trap as well. You know, there are, there are people who still think about ServiceNow as an IT service management product. ServiceNow is a platform uh, for workflow. And it, ServiceNow is amazing at connecting things. It connects people, it connects 
systems, it connects data, it connects organizations. And then on the ServiceNow platform, using workflow and AI and other you know core technologies of the platform, you, you can you can leverage all that data uh, to drive outcomes. You can automate business processes. You can do a whole range of uh, things that organizations need to run efficiently and effectively to serve their customers, to serve their employees. But when you when you are buying ServiceNow as a point product because you think you need a, a great tool for your for your help desk. You may not be thinking about the wide range of uh, use cases and uh, business functions that ServiceNow can support. Were, you know, you may be approaching it from the point product as opposed to uh, I'm buying a platform that can really help me digitally transform my organization top to bottom. So if we think about ServiceNow uh, as it is meant to be thought of as a platform from the very beginning, we're setting a foundation for um, what it could become, to your point, right? And now you can be thinking about the proper governance for your organization with that end in mind, you know, begin with the end in mind. And, um, you know, for ServiceNow, the end is not IT service management. That's often the beginning. The end is a digitally uh, transformed organization that is connected, that has uh, connected the silos, that has created um, uh, an organization where the work flows. And, you know, when the work is, is moving efficiently, uh, people get a lot more value out of those IT investments you were referring to. The employees of that organization have the tools they need. They are more engaged and they're better able to serve customers or citizens, whoever the, the, uh, you know, the organization is supporting. And, uh, again, that is really critical that when we're thinking about what ServiceNow can be, we're thinking about the uh, structure of the um of the of the governance teams and uh, the governance requirements, so the right people can be involved from the beginning. So we're making good decisions. Now I'll take it even one step uh, above that. You know, I want I want everyone to use ServiceNow for all of the requirements that ServiceNow is uh, the right fit. But inevitably, there are some things where there may be another technology that is it's a better fit. And if you if you pick the wrong technology, you pick the wrong platform to meet your to meet your requirements. You know you're going to have uh, frustration. You're going to create more technical debt. You're going to um, you know struggle with uh, with your implementation. So ideally, large complex organizations like the one that I the ones that I was in, Department of Agriculture, where I was the CIO, um, uh, you know of a, of a very uh, complex place, is going to have a lot of technologies. Choosing the right technology that you already own to meet your new requirements is hard. So often that's a personality-driven decision, and there isn't that demand management product selection at the, at the top of that funnel, so you can move uh, requirements onto the right platform. It's a, lot, uh, it's a lot easier to do good ServiceNow governance when the requirements that we're looking at in ServiceNow you know, are about service delivery. They're about workflow. They're about serving customers. They're about connecting things. That's what ServiceNow is great at. And we should have all of those requirements in ServiceNow in our, in our organizations. And if we can uh, get away from, again, the personality-driven approach of, I like ServiceNow, so I'm always going to use it, or I like this technology, I'm always going to use it. Well, we, we get into a, a, a better frame of mind as an organization because we're making good choices up front. And good choices in the beginning, you know, support good choices down the road, uh, all the way in through implementation and and uh, growth on the ServiceNow platform. But you got to start 
at the very top of the funnel by, by thinking about governance all the way up there, even before you've decided ServiceNow is the right technology. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point, and that is, you know, thinking about the end in mind. And I think that's where ServiceNow and ServiceNow partners like us can really help help customers understand the art of the possible, right? And look beyond their use cases today, right? Because if you're going to make a decision to buy ServiceNow, you're making a modernization decision, right? And the first thing you need to do is you need to basically make that decision, make the investment, and then you need to optimize that, that decision. But after that, you know, you know, we kind of go with this modernize, optimize, accelerate model. It's all about acceleration. And acceleration is when you start implementing things that you haven't implemented before, right? It's, and that's where the challenge comes. I think where companies are, they're not thinking about the possibility. They're not thinking about, well, what would happen if we started thinking about HR? What would be happening if we started thinking about customer service management? What would we be, how would this change if we added on IT operations and SecOps? How does this change our environment? What's the possibilities? And then when you start thinking about the possibilities and you get excited about that as part of your vision, then you got to basically say, okay, this stuff doesn't happen on its own, right? You have to have a governance model to get there. And that means if you want to start doing things under this kind of art of the possible, you've got to put the structure and the framework in place now in order to start implementing. And I think that's where a lot of companies kind of fall down. So that leads to, to the next conversation. So what are the biggest challenges to implementing a successful governance program? Like, you know, and why do you think, you know, you know, more customers, if not most organizations really don't think about governance. I mean, is it too hard? Is it, is it that they just don't know about it? They haven't thought about it. And, and how can, you know, ServiceNow and, and companies in the ecosystem like Winward help our clients better understand this? So, um, you know, all, all good questions. I think from a challenges perspective, you know, I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, governance has a, a negative connotation sometimes because people feel like it slows them down or it could slow them down. And I think it's counterintuitive. You know, you have to, you know, we say you got to go slow to go fast, right? You know, if you if you rush through things um, in, in a, on a project, in your personal life, wherever, you create blind spots, and those blind spots will get you at some point. And what's what's the Navy SEAL thing? Slow is smooth and smooth is fast? That's right. That's yeah. ex- exactly right. You have to be thinking that um, to, to get this kind of work done, which is complex, you're digitally transforming an organization. You just can't uh, take a technology and use it without understanding its impact in the organization, its impact uh, against other applications, impact the change management that may come with with, uh, rolling something out, the the full range of capabilities that you can do on this platform. If you can slow down a little bit in the beginning and think through those things, you're going to have a better outcome. I'm confident. Every every experience on a large uh, project has proved that to me. So if people haven't experienced that or they feel like they're under such pressure to get it done uh, quickly, which that exists in agencies, I felt that too. You have to resist the urge to just charge forward without thinking about uh, the impact of, of doing so. So we need to have governance that's practical. 
And I worked in organizations where, you know, I wasn't the CIO, but I was a contributing member and the governance was uh, uh, sort of a textbook, out of a textbook, and it wasn't practical. It made sense in a vacuum, but it didn't make sense in the in the in the real world of uh, you know running an agency, IT organization, or or uh, delivering for a customer. So people uh, tended to ignore the governance program. You had to make it simple. You had to make it make it practical. So I think making making it usable is is, is a big challenge. And then you know oftentimes um, you know this is thought of as something that exists in the IT organization. And I'd argue that governance becomes much more of a corporate function, an agency-wide function, when you're talking about ServiceNow as a tool that will digitally transform the way an agency works. You need to have leaders from different aspects of the agency that are going to uh, be using ServiceNow to be part of it. You need to have some kind of executive sponsor um, run, a, a, you know, be, be a leader of a, of a steering committee or some kind of thing that can... Uh, help chart a course for, um, you know, for a large rollout, for a, a, a large digital transformation and modernization. That doesn't necessarily come from, uh, it may come from the CIO, but it may also come from a chief operating officer type or another person in that, in that C-suite. So having someone in the right position who can champion this is really important. We, didn't, we don't always have that individual available to us. We don't always have someone who has that, you know, vision who may be outside of IT that they can play a big role in helping to make these technologies um, successful. And, you know, I think that there, you know, there are um, a lot of things about how you set it up uh, that makes, that might make sense to people who are in IT, but may not make sense to people in a program or in HR or somewhere else that are a part of this. So, you know, you got to build this thing for, um, not just technologists, but for business people, for, for program analysts, build it for HR practitioners and others. So we can all participate around that governance table and make good decisions about the ServiceNow platform and how it can be used to really make a big difference. We do that, we get a tremendous amount of value out of the platform. People are very happy and then they want more ServiceNow and it can grow the, the, the usage of the platform, you can scale very effectively because you have a process for doing so. You have people who can talk the same language and they can make good decisions uh, together about what might, uh, what things we're going to implement and in what order, who, might, who would do the work, how these things that may um, have some kind of, uh, you know, natural conflict, how those things can be resolved. If you don't have that uh, framework and you don't have that ability to do that dialogue, you're going to, to um, end up in a, in a frustrating situation and you'll feel like you're not getting value out of these investments. And, you know, that's the last thing that, that ServiceNow um, wants to hear. Or, or Windward, I'm sure that, you know, an investment isn't, isn't producing value. We're all about value and doing and getting value very quickly so people can, can see that they bought a great tool and they are going to make a lot of progress in their modernization. Yeah, well, one of the things that I talk to our customers about when it comes to, you know, governance, and maybe I don't say the word governance, but this concept of product management, right? So I've started a few software companies and we have product management teams and what they do is they basically work with customers. They read support tickets. They gather as much information on the usage of the product so they can develop and prioritize features and functionality and work with the dev team. 
I think you know the reason why I bring this up to my customers all the time, and and I, I think this is really a big part of governance, is that IT organizations that I have found are generally not good at that, right? They're good at architecture designing, putting something out there, but they're not necessarily good at understanding what organization stakeholders want. And you brought up a really interesting point, and that is a lot of the people that they need to deal with are not technical people. So if you wanted, if you think that HR is a good module that you can expand into and you go and you meet with the HR team, they are not going to be technical. And IT just struggles with this where they take technical people and architects and have them meet with people and they're just kind of talking past each other, right? Yeah. And I think that's a, you, that, the point you bring up is really, really important because that's what a big part of governance is. It's, it's going at, it's reaching out to people in the organization, different stakeholders and communicating with them on what the capabilities are, what the possibilities are and working collaboratively with them so that um, you can, you can understand that there's an opportunity to expand and meet their needs and deliver, you know, deliver capabilities that are much better than what they have with their legacy systems but they're not going to be able to articulate technical things to you. They may not even be able to develop their requirements, right? They may say, oh, we need to onboard, you know, like, okay, you're going to onboard a customer on a new employee. Like we need to understand what all that is. Well, it may be actually, you know, configuring, you know, active directory and provisioning a new laptop, things that the HR people never think about. Right. right. You, you are so correct, Sean, hundred percent. Um, you know, I can I can tell you that one of one of the uh, one of the most important traits of a of a CIO or an IT leader is the ability to speak in in common language and be able to explain things in a non technical way. I think all IT leaders need to practice this. I mean, I certainly have, and I, I can I can tell you the times where um, speaking uh, in, in plain language around about IT topics has, has really paid off for me. I, I, uh, I like to think about my mother. <laughs> I say, can I explain this to her? She's a very smart woman. Can I explain this, but not an IT practitioner, but can I explain this in a way where she's going to get it? And, um, you know, that, I think that has served me well. And, and in a case like this, like your example, where you're talking about, can I talk to, uh, human resources leaders and tell them some things about ServiceNow so they can make good decisions. They are not IT practitioners, but they are likely very smart and, and have a lot of common sense. And can I talk about these things, again, using plain language and explain a, a best practice or a risk or, a, or some actions we have to take and, and do it in a way where they get it and they can use their experience and their requirements and their common sense with you know, our experience as IT leaders, and together we can make a good decision. That will never happen if I use jargon, if I'm using acronyms, if I'm uh, talking like, I, if I'm speaking like I'm speaking to, uh, you know, another IT colleague, uh, I'm going to lose them. And, you know, we, we talked about what are, the, what are the challenges of governance? Well, if people feel like it's, uh, it, it's a conversation that they can't participate in because they don't, they don't speak the language it's not going to be uh, something that they want to do and they, it'll, it'll get avoided. So this has to be a, a thing that's accessible to all. And, you know, it's, it's about, um, 
it's about making sure people see their role in it and understand what their role is and, and they feel like they can contribute in that role and they see, they see themselves in the outcome. So we have to think about the human side of this quite a lot and the communication side of it tremendously. You're, you're, you're so right. And if I could encourage uh, IT practitioners out there who are listening to this, to do one thing is not to learn a new technology per se, it's to, to learn how to talk about their work in a way where my mom can understand it. Or, you know, where your your average smart person can really understand what you're doing. And you know, that 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 requires some some practice at times. Um, yeah, or or bring on somebody to be that lead, right? That can that can sit between the you know, the technology people and the architects and the stakeholders and let them, you know, that's why, you know, you're we're seeing uh, it's really interesting. I read an article a couple months ago of the the um the demand of liberal arts students, right? Cause we talk about STEM and everything like that all the time. And I, I, you know, companies are really looking for liberal arts students. And what I think is happening is, is that they're starting to understand that communication is so key mm -hmm. and uh, they need, you know, they need these people with these, these language skills and arts skills and to, to really be able to communicate and take complex concepts and, boil them down to, um, a way that, you know, and, and, and like you said, your mom's very smart. I mean, the vice president, you know, chief information, chief resource officer is not dumb, right? They're just really good at their job. They're just technology is not their job. So you need to really work with them. So, so when kind of learning new concepts, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little ADD, right? Um, and so when I think about like learning concepts, I think of like, you know, three at a time, like what are three good takeaways I can, I can learn from whatever I'm doing. So when you're talking to executives and I know you talk to executives all the time, what are the three primary areas you suggest they focus on when starting or improving their, their governance strategy? The, the first one, and I had this conversation with an IT executive just last week and, and uh, I participated in a webinar where this came up earlier in the week is the idea that there is a difference between um, a, a platform manager in ServiceNow and a product manager in ServiceNow. Let me, let me explain that, you know, as we just talked about explaining things in, in simple ways. So ServiceNow comes into an organization as an IT service management tool. So the help desk runs ServiceNow. That's where it starts. Uh, without realizing it, the help desk lead who runs ServiceNow suddenly becomes the ServiceNow person for the organization. And they are by default, the platform manager, but they're also the help desk manager. So they're, they're doing this dual hatted role, but they don't realize that they run the platform and they run IT service management. Now HR comes in and they want to use ServiceNow and they come to the help desk to get ServiceNow uh, HR um, service delivery up and running. It's not the right place to go. Right place to go is into a, a platform organization that's running ServiceNow and they can understand your requirements relative to IT requirements and they can have a, uh, you know, a really uh, good conversation about how do we begin and they can help manage that demand as opposed to the, the, the example I'm, I'm sharing with a help desk manager is also by, you know, default and maybe not realizing the platform manager has to deal with all of his regular job. Plus, now he's got requirements from HR. And, oh, lo and behold, uh, there's customer service management requirements that are coming. 
and a, a custom application uh, on the low code platform, create a workflow is coming. And all that needs to flow through this single uh, person who runs the help desk. That is a recipe for failure. And I talk to executives all the time about recognizing that these are two distinct roles. And maybe on day one, you can't split them apart, but you need to have a, a, a plan to have two separate roles. And ideally that's two people uh, at least, and I, in, in this case, and you know, potentially platforms sit in a, their own organization or not, but the most important thing is that there is a role for a platform manager or a team that manages the ServiceNow platform and then individual product owners that manage IT service management, they manage HR service delivery, customer workflows, or uh, so on and so forth. And those individual product owners are customers of that platform team. And, and that's a very important um, consideration for long-term ServiceNow success. If you don't have uh, this setup, in my experience, and looking at some of our you know, very large customers, um, the demand for ServiceNow will go into a uh, into a, a funnel and it doesn't come out the other side because there's just uh, there, there's there's not the throughput there's not the the ability to to see the big picture you have, you have people who are focused on their you know day jobs of running ITSM or running the help desk or doing doing uh, their primary work and the other requirements can can get lost and again that's going to drive frustration and that's going to drive a perceived lack of value and that's going to impact the way ServiceNow is perceived in, in the organization, how people use it. So I think it's really critical that we think about uh, the roles and uh, responsibilities. And, you know, the other thing I, I talk about is that, you know, we need to have um, a demand management function or a process around this. And, you know, the, the uh, you know, that's going to mean that there's a way to bring requirements to ServiceNow platform, to that platform team, um, you know, that we don't have a, uh, you know, we want to get rid of those of those of those bottlenecks and have real visibility into requests that are coming in. So let's create this, you know, these two roles, you know, or let's create a product owner role versus a uh, platform role. And let's have that platform role run a demand management process or the governance program needs a demand management process. And that that is going to create good alignment and it's going to really support planning for how ServiceNow is going to be used. And, you know, I think in, in, uh, in listed in that is the fact that, you know, we're having a good conversation at the very beginning about getting the right requirements into ServiceNow. We talked about this a little bit earlier. We want to make sure that um, we're talking about what we're trying to accomplish uh, in, you know, in, in meaningful terms and we're doing some kind of evaluation so we can get uh, things onto the right platform and we can manage the demand and that platform team uh, it, for the service platform team can be uh, a good service provider to the individual product owners and we can have things organized and things can flow through that development process quickly and people can get value quickly. So it's, it's, it's really about how we structure and how we think about our work and who's doing the work. So we get maximum, uh, maximum value from the big investments people make in ServiceNow. Awesome. Well, we're kind of running up on time, but I do have one last question that I wanted to, to bring up to you. And that is, you know, I'm a big believer in you can only manage what you can measure, right? So 
again, it's kind of a takeaway for people listening to this podcast. What kind of metrics should organizations be thinking about in order to measure the effectiveness of their governance program? I think we can be looking at um, the time it takes from a requirement being, you know, a service down requirement, making it into this process through its implementation. I think we can look at the um, number of releases that we're doing. I think we can look at the um, you know, number of organizations, you know, that are participating in, in governance. Ideally, there's a lot of organizations that participate. You, you, you know, you shared before, it's a, it's a process that, um, and I shared earlier, it's a process that touches a lot of the organization. It can't be just IT. You need your various customers involved. So you're going to have a number of participants. I think that's an important metric. How many requirements can you, can you manage to uh, get implemented? and, and uh, organize into a, you know, a release schedule uh, in a particular time, you're gonna be able to do more with good governance. And you know, how many, um, you know, how many uh, in, the, in the time that it takes from you know, inception through implementation is really important. There are too many times where I hear, uh, you know, it's just taking so long to get something implemented on the platform. And again, it's not the technology um, that's making it hard. It's uh, oftentimes the uh, process for getting those requirements formalized, for getting the work done, for getting the work rolled out. And again, governance is going to speed that along. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. It's like it's true with everything, you know. Even this podcast, you know, recording a podcast with you, this this half an hour together is fun, but you don't see the all the hours that go up to planning and preparing for it. And all the hours that go on afterwards for production, right? And people think, well, it's implemented. So we should really be thinking also, I think, about adoption. Like how, how well is this being adopted and uh, measuring support tickets? Like how many tickets are coming in where people are complaining? Like I can't get access to that because that comes down to a training, right? There, a lot of this could be solved through we're just not effectively training people. And, you know, a, a good example of this, you know, and I, is you know about six years ago we moved over to a new financial management and project management system here at Winward, and uh, we basically had three months to implement from October first to December thirty first because I was adamant we are not carrying over into January first all our accounting data because uh, that would have meant tons of work of migrating data and things like that. Um, what we didn't do right we didn't have enough time to do the training. Right. So there was a tremendous amount of confusion and things like that. But that was a business decision we made at the time. It's like we got a window here where we can make this project happen. If we don't, we're going to wait another year. Um, but that was kind of a painful first quarter. Right. That we we didn't have a program, uh, a governance program on how to consume. And we continue to consume requirements because people are like, hey, you know, project manager say, you know, I'd love to see a report that looks like this. I'd love to see a dashboard that looks like this or uh compensation com you know compensation committee came back and said we'd love to be able to do compensation planning inside of the platform and so we constantly have these requirements coming in so putting together a governance program to understand that and communicate sometimes because sometimes you can't get what you want all the time right it's like the rolling stones you can't always get what you want but sometimes you get what you need right and the governance governance team is there to 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 manage that and say look you know this is a pretty heavy lift what you're asking us to do we can't get it done in 30 days, right? And they can they can work through that process with them. So, well, Jonathan, this has been super interesting. Uh, 
I love talking to you on air, off air. Um, so how do people get a hold of you if they want to talk more about, you know, governance strategy? Well, um, let me first say, uh, Sean, I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to have this conversation today. Uh, I, uh, I, I equally enjoy talking with you. It's been, uh, it's been fun getting to know you and I look forward to uh, another, uh, another conversation. Um, I hope, uh, you know, people enjoyed this as well. And if you want to talk more about governance, feel free to um, reach out to me uh, directly at jonathan.albom at servicenow.com or find me on LinkedIn. Um, I have a lot of, uh, I spend a lot of time on, on LinkedIn looking at what uh, folks are doing and sharing some of the work I'm doing uh, at ServiceNow. So um, I'm, I'm often there and happy to respond to uh, inquiries that way or just uh, shoot me an email. But either way, look forward to continuing this conversation and so I just want to say thanks for being a great um, uh, ServiceNow partner. Really appreciate all of the work WinWord is doing and uh, the way um, you and your team uh, continue to um, be champions for the ServiceNow platform and the great work that we're doing all across the federal government. I appreciate it. So excellent. We'll put all your information in the show notes so people can get a hold of you directly. So we will definitely have you on sometime in 2023. And uh, we'll, co we'll come up with another interesting topic because you just, what I, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, we don't get a chance often to speak with people who have been, you know, CIO levels in industry. And uh, I think you bring a very unique perspective of, because you made these decisions, right? You sat back looking at million dollar investments and like, what is the value? And and you're asking questions um, at a very strategic well, level. You feel the pressure of spending those dollars, especially when you're a CIO in the federal government, and those are taxpayer dollars. They're your dollars, they're my dollars. And, you know, they, uh, at, at when you're a steward of the uh, taxpayer, of taxpayer dollars, like, like I was, so many of, you know, federal employees are, um, value and uh, time to value are two things that you're thinking about all the time. So it's really critical uh, that we have a good way of measuring that and we have a good, uh, we have good processes like governance and uh, around platforms and around ServiceNow, so we can maximize value and we can do great things fast and serve the the customers of our agencies and the employees of our agencies very quickly and efficiently. Excellent, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll see you again in 2023. Have I look have, a, to have a great Christmas. Take care. Thanks.